I'm wondering if you here today, have you ever in your life expected bad news, but it actually turned out to be good news? Think about it, like, give me a wave. Who thinks you've expected bad news and discovered it was good news? I, I remember this happened to myself. Uh, She's not here today. She's in Melbourne, but I'm married to a beautiful uh, girl named Ebony, and we were on our honeymoon, and we were blessed enough that uh, we got to go overseas for a part of our honeymoon. This was about seven years ago, uh, and it was an amazing time, and I surprised her that as we flew back from our overseas trip, uh, she wasn't fully aware that we were going to go to our family farm, and we were just going to spend a bit of time uh, before we go back home on this beautiful property. And I actually got a photo of the, the, the family farm property. You have to know, it is absolutely beautiful. It's going to come up in a moment. And this house was built actually in the 1880s. Okay, this was no just shed on a farm where the spiders, this was a beautiful big home. And I have such fond memories there. But you know, being an old house, okay, you have to understand it was built in the 1880s. It made every noise you could just imagine at night. Uh, it's in the middle of a farm where there's no neighbors anywhere around. You're in complete alone. No one visits. And I was blessed enough growing up. I got to time to time go to this property. And I remember it so well uh, as a six-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old. In the daytime, I had the time of my life. I'm right, learning how to drive cars, I'm riding motorbikes, I'm throwing boomerangs, I'm climbing trees, I'm chasing snakes. I'm just doing all the stuff a boy could dream of. But then this horrible thing would happen where the sun would go down and it would get dark. And I remember my, my parents would take me upstairs and, and put me to bed as they would go down and continue with dinner or whatever. And, and I gotta tell you, I was absolutely terrified. The wind would hit the house and the, it would start rattling and all these noises all night would just come along. And I'm convinced to this day as a 30 year old that there was a monster in that house and it was out to kill me as a child. It was quite traumatizing. And so we come in from our honeymoon Okay, then the time of our life, newly married, I am so jet lagged. We came from overseas and I'm half away and we get into this beautiful property and I put uh, my luggage down and we just absolutely crash and go to sleep super early. And I got to tell you, that night was a sleepless night. It's always scary the first night you're there. Now, I'm not 10 anymore. I'm still like in my 20s now, but I was still just as scared as when I was a kid. But now that I'm married, I was like acting all tough. And, uh, and uh, all night long, there were these noises. And I'd wake up and I'd get a baseball bat or whatever, and I'd go check the house just to make sure that monster wasn't still here. And I'd try to go back to sleep. And then another noise would happen and we'd wake up. And it was just, I did not sleep that night. It was terrifying. And it was a sleepless night, and I wake up this time, and it's day, okay? So the sun's out now, and I hear what sounds like car tires going down the driveway. Now, just once again, this is a farm. It's in the middle of nowhere. I've never seen a visitor there in my whole life, but I, I hear this car. But, you know, I'd been hearing noises all night, so I was like, no, nah, it's not a car. I just went back to sleep. Then I, I wake up again to what sounds like footsteps walking towards the door, and I'm like... Oh, I've been hearing noises all night, like stop tricking me brain, and I went back to sleep. But then I started to get a bit worried when I heard keys, like some noise on the door handle. And I, and I remember the fear that got on me where I'm like, oh my gosh, my, my childhood nightmare is coming to pass right now, and we're about to die, baby, on our honeymoon. 
and I'm terrified, right? But still, I'm like, is it a real thing? And then out of nowhere, I start hearing knocking on the door. And, and I, I just once again, just you know, we never get visitors, okay? This is 100% a murderer, no question asked. And, and then, you know, I start panicking and then, and I'm like, oh, this is a polite no- murderer. This is nice. They kept knocking. And I'm like, what do we do, Ebony? But you have to realize, I, I'm a new husband, okay? I had just done my vows that I promised to protect her. What a dumb vow. Why did I say that? Because she said, you got to go find out who this is. And so I get out of my bed, put my big boy pants on. And, and uh, to my horror, okay, I'm still, you have to remember, I'm jet lagged. I'm out of it, right? And I'm facing death head on. And I realized that my suitcase isn't in the bedroom. I was so tired the night before, I'd put it outside. But luckily, my wife Ebony's suitcase was in the room. And so I'm like, well, I'm not dressed appropriately right now. So I I open up the suitcase. I find what looks like shorts. I put them on. And I kid you not, they are the shortest shorts you have ever seen seen a man put on. Like I'm talking, it was illegal. It was so bad. But the knocking's still going, so I don't have time to do anything else. And I put on one of Ebony's shirts, this cute little tie-dye, short-cropped shirt. <laughs> and all I can think, I actually have a photo. No, I'm just joking. Oh, I can't believe you wanted to see that, Dan Bowman. That's weird. So Ebony's eyes only. But all I can think of is a news headline. Man gets murdered on family property in short shorts and a, and a crop top. What was going on there? And I was terrified. And I, I remember I, I was in these, it's so embarrassed. And I'm expecting the worst. I'm like, this is it, baby. I love you. I'm going to see you in heaven. And I opened the door. And, and to my surprise, I didn't find a man with an axe. I didn't find someone with a weapon. Do you know what I found in my short shorts and crop top? I found the, a cleaner who comes, I didn't know, once a month to clean the house. And I cannot tell you the relief I felt in that moment. My heart was at 180 beats per minute. Um, but I was still pretty embarrassed that he saw me in my short shorts. But anyway, I'll move on from that. But I remember I went from terrifying fear to overwhelming relief pretty quickly. From being so afraid to feeling joy. From It was an emotional roller coaster. I was expecting bad news, the worst news, but it actually turned out to be okay. Today, as we talk about Christmas in these next few moments together and what it represents, we are talking about the good news. Can I ask everyone to repeat that after me? Say, good news. news. See, we have to understand Jesus is a person. Jesus is fully God and fully human. And as we sung about, he came to earth through a virgin named Mary. And I want to talk to us about some shepherds 2,000 years ago who can relate to my story of expecting bad news but finding some good news. So we're going to look to a passage in the Bible. It's in Luke 2, chapter 4 through 8. We're going to read along together. We'll come up behind me. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, in Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house line of David. He went there to register Mary, who had pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. I love the Bible. Wouldn't you just love to see that conversation when Mary's like, Joseph, I know we're engaged and we've never, you know, been together, but just so you know, I saw an angel and I'm pregnant but I promise you, it's not like, just can you imagine that conversation? Oh my gosh. Anyway, Joseph was a good man and, and believed her. And so they, uh, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. This is talking about Jesus. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. 
She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Press pause there. I just love like thinking about this. Just imagine these poor shepherds. Like they're just doing what they do every night. They're looking after their sheep. I don't know. How do you look after sheep? I don't know, just doing that movement. But anyway, they're, they're playing with their sheep, looking after them. And out of nowhere, this angel comes and they think they're about to die. Like the Bible says, just like me in my short shorts, I'm about to die is what they were thinking. They were absolutely terrified. Now, the Bible doesn't say they were in short shorts, so that's good. But the Bible did say they were terrified. They probably thought this was the end, that they were about to die. But it goes on to say this from verse 10. But the angel said to them, I want everyone to listen to this. This is what I'm preaching about today. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. And that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And the, the story goes on that the shepherds followed God's leading and went to this little manger and met Joseph, Mary, and little Jesus in a manger. Isn't that amazing that the Savior of the world didn't come in a fancy hotel, didn't come in a five-star inn? Jesus came to us in a manger with filthy animals and smells, the most humble way he could come to this earth. But the shepherds recognized he was the Savior. And the Bible says that they worshipped him. And this is what Christmas is celebrating, the birth of Jesus Christ, the saviour of all the world. But isn't that amazing? Do not be afraid, I bring you good news. I want to ask you here today, no matter who you are, what comes to your mind when you think of God? What comes to your mind when you think of Jesus? Maybe if you were honest with yourself, some of you think of a person or a God who's far away and angry at you. Maybe some of you think of a party pooper, like Eri was saying, who wants to ruin your life and is boring. Or maybe you think about someone who's far away, up in the clouds and not relevant to your life here today. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're going, Dan, if I'm honest, I'm still trying to work out if God is real. And that's completely okay. But in these next few moments together, I want to discuss how Jesus the Son of God coming to this earth. And what we celebrate this Christmas is good news for you personally. How the most significant moment in all of history and humanity is relevant to your life here today, right now. And I just have three thoughts to share with you. The first one of this good news is that we are loved. Why doesn't everyone say loved? I don't know about you, but when you think of Christmas... Of course, the holy people, yeah, we think about Jesus, of course, but all of us also think about Chris, uh, Christmas presents, right? Like, who he has kids, give me a wave. Yeah, kids love opening gifts, don't they? And I'm sure many of you here, like, who's an adult and you love opening presents just as much as when you were a kid? My man, yep, yeah, I'm like that, and I, like... I love giving gifts. And I remember growing up, for example, my brother was so excited about opening presents. I'm talking like a 90-day countdown to his birthday and a 90-day countdown to Christmas. 
That covers half the year. And he'd be counting down. He'd be jumping with joy. He was so excited because I'm going to open presents. And oh my gosh, isn't it one of the best feelings in the world? I don't know about you, but when you give a gift to someone you love, and you know they want it, and, you, and you, you see them open it, and as they rip it up, whether it's your kids or a family member or a friend, you see their face light up. Like, isn't that one of the best feelings in the world, right? Why do we give people gifts? Like, what's the motivation behind that? Why would you and I spend our hard-earned money, right? Why would you and I face the Sunshine Plaza in December when you're trying to be a Christian, but you can't get a park? And then, and then you have one, your blinkers are on, someone steals it, and you're trying not to get angry, and you know, you're like, oh, I'm a Christian, okay, sorry. Why do we do that to ourselves? Well, I believe it's because we love the other person we're buying the gift for. The overflow of our love shows itself in the giving of gifts. P.S., this is your public service announcement. If you have not bought all your Christmas presents, do it tomorrow, people. I'm at Transform Life. I had all of mine done by December 1st. Is anyone else like that? Like, I've never done that before. I'm so... Okay, you all hate me right now. Okay. Let's look at the Bible. This, this is probably the most famous verse in all the Bible. It says this in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world... What's the world talking about? That's talking about you and me. For God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Just like you and I out of our love for people buy them gifts, we read here that God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son. See, God gave to you and I the the most painful, most powerful gift that you and I could have received, his very own one and only son, knowing true well that Jesus Christ would die on a cross for our sins. And God loved you and me so much that he willingly gave his son. Isn't that amazing? See, unfortunately, Jesus coming to earth wasn't glamorous. He was sent to die. I've, I've heard it said like this. I've never forgotten it. If you imagine this is you and me, you and me, and we were created by God above us, but, and we were created to be in relationship, but every single human on the planet, myself included, we all have this thing called sin. And the problem with sin is it separates us from the God who created us and wants relationship with us. So God so loved us that he sent Jesus, his one and only son. And as Jesus hung on that cross, the Bible tells us that God put the sins of you and I upon his son so that you and I now have the ability to have a personal relationship with the God who created us. And that is why Jesus came to this earth. Can I tell you, friend, whoever you are, God loves you so much that even if it was just for you, he still would have sent his son. Jesus had one thing in mind as he hung on that cross with a nail through his left wrist, his right wrist, and one big one through his shins. He had you in mind. He loves you so much. And the Bible says that he demonstrated this love while we were still sinners that he sent Christ to die for us. 
today, friend, whether you feel it or not, I want you to know that God loves you. And Christmas proves that to us. Number two, I want to talk about great joy and peace. Why don't you say joy and peace? The, the, the scripture said it will cause great joy. See, Jesus didn't just die for our eternity, which is amazing, but Jesus died that you and I in this life would find great joy and great peace. Is anyone thankful for that? Isn't that amazing? Uh, and I was wondering, have you ever searched for something, but you were looking in the wrong area? I, I remember when I was dating Ebony, and uh, I was in love with this girl, man. I would do anything I could to prove my love to her. I was so, like, just in love. And, and I remember one day we were going on a date. We were going to the movies together. She met me at my house, and we get to the movies, and she's like, Dan, I think I've lost my wallet. And here I am, like, oh, flipping heck. All right, like, where did you have it last? Where did you see it? And, and I remembered... When I was driving to the movie theater, I just happened to look in my review mirror. She was driving behind me, and I saw something black fall off her car. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Um, and I thought she just hit a bird or something. But anyway, when she's telling me she lost her wallet, I'm like, wait a minute. You didn't happen to have it at my house and put it on your car, did you? And she's like, oh, yes. And she's like, oh, it's lost forever. Well, she went home, I was in love with her, I wanted to prove it, so I did what any tough 18 year old guy would do. And I rang my mum, and I said, mummy, would you please help me find Ebony's wallet? And so my mum, in the blistering heat, me and my mum were on a highway in Caloundra, pulled over our car, and started searching the most dirty, like needles and snakes, and like, I'm like, why did I do that to my mum? Wherever you are, I'm so sorry. But uh, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. One hour goes by, two hours go by. I wanna find this wallet to show her I love her. And do you know what, we gave up. We come back to the car. I had started here, we searched for two hours there, and guess what? I found it two meters before where we flipping started. Oh, don't you hate that? Man. <clears throat> Looking in the wrong area. Do you know, when I was 17 years of age, I found myself asking some pretty, pretty big questions. My story is I grew up in church, a great church like this, had great godly parents, but I found myself in, in my bed far away from God, and I remember asking deep questions of life. I remember asking, is there more to life than this? What is life all about? Why am I alive? What will happen when I die? We don't like to think about these questions, do we? But I'm wondering if you sitting here, friend, maybe you find yourself asking these same questions. See, for me, I'd been sad for a long time. I was struggling with a lot of guilt and, and hopelessness and fear. I, I was searching on the inside, if I'm honest with you. I was searching for joy, for peace, and for hope. And I thought I could find it when my friends told me to look. So they said, hey, go to this party and drink yourself to oblivion, then you'll be happy. Hey, get that relationship, then you'll be happy. Hey, be successful. Hey, be popular. Hey, be cool. And I would search and search and search. But just like me trying to find that wallet, I was searching in the wrong places. I'd wake up empty the next day every time. And that gap was on the inside of me. And maybe you find yourself similar to where I found myself 11 years ago here today. Can I tell you some good news here? This is probably the best news you can ever hear in your life. 
is that Jesus, for me, completely filled what I was searching for, and he can do the exact same for you, here, today, and now. And once I encountered Jesus, I'll tell you more at the end of the story a bit later, but once I encountered Jesus, I found true joy, like true joy. I found true peace, true hope. And, and I had been searching for a while and I, I, I never found the answer. But the day I encountered Jesus, can I tell you, friend, 11 years later, I found the answer and I've never been searching again. He is the true source of joy. And we can spend a lifetime searching for joy and peace in all the wrong places. There is nothing the world can offer that will fill that longing in your heart and in my heart. There is no amount of money, there is no relationship, there's no person, there's no amount of success or dream. Everything we pursue thinking it will make us happy, it actually just ends up being dry. But Jesus came and he said, if you drink of the water I give you, you will never thirst again. Jesus came to give us great joy. And as I finish today, I had one last thought from this scripture. Number one, I shared about how we are loved. Number two, I shared about great joy. Number three, the angel said to these shepherds, this is good news for all people. I find this interesting. The angel didn't come and say, this is good news for some people. The angel didn't say, this is good news for those who go to church. He didn't say this is good news for those who have their life together. He didn't say this is good news for those who come from a certain family or tradition or a good, no, no. The angel said that Jesus Christ coming as the savior of the world was good news for all people. It is personal and it's available right here and now for you and I. But it only becomes good news for us personally when we personally accept the gift Jesus gave. I want you to imagine this, okay? Imagine you buy a lottery ticket, okay? And the, the big prize is $5 million. And you, and, and you didn't even know it. You hop back in your car, you lose it, the, the ticket goes missing. But you are actually the winner. But who knows that you're not, you don't actually get the money until you find the ticket and you hand it in, right? That whole time, that money was legally theirs. They had won. But it wasn't actually theirs personally until they activated it. And that's when they celebrate. You know, I did some research. There is $16 million of unclaimed lottery tickets right now in Australia. Isn't that amazing? Right now, they're like, it could be you, it could be me, I don't know. Anyone in Australia, there's $16 million that have just been unclaimed. But more than money, I want to talk today as I finish here about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Christmas tells us that Jesus is the savior of the world. But Jesus isn't your savior until you begin a relationship with him. And I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer in a moment as I finish up here and we're gonna continue on with a great event. But I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. This prayer is simple. It's the prayer I prayed 11 years ago, inviting Jesus Christ into our life. See, when he died, he made a way for us to connect with God who created us. 
He loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And the Bible says this, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. No matter who you are today, no matter where, what's going on in your world or your life, can I tell you from the bottom of my heart, God loves you. And that is why he sent Jesus, so that you could be in a personal relationship with him. I want to give an opportunity to say this prayer with me. And right now I'm just going to ask if we can all close our eyes. We just simply do this to block out distractions. There's nothing special about it, but just so we can all respect each other's privacy because this is a moment between you personally and God, not anyone around you. You heard my story before. 11 years ago, I was broken. I was feeling so depressed and hopeless about my future. I was purposeless. I was ashamed. I was searching. But 11 years ago, I cried out to God in my bedroom. I took a step towards Him. I said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me. I was expecting to find a God who was angry at me. I asked you before what you think of God. What I used to think of God, He was angry at me because of all the mistakes I had made. Friend, I found not an angry God, I found a father with arms wide open. I said a prayer, beginning a relationship with Jesus, and my life changed forever from that moment. I went from feeling so hopeless and depressed to finding meaning and purpose in life. I went from feeling so sad and down all the time to finding joy from feeling ashamed and guilty and yucky about my mistakes, I found forgiveness and a fresh start. But more than anything, as I shared earlier, that hole, that that gap, that thing I had been searching for my entire life, I found it that day. And you can too. In a moment, I'm gonna ask three kinds of people just to simply raise your hand. You're just doing that so I know who I'm praying with. The first kind of group here, maybe, and I know there's people in this room, maybe you've never said a prayer inviting Jesus into your life. This might be the first time you've ever heard that there is a God in heaven who created you and who loves you. It might even be your first time in church, and it can feel so overwhelming, but if you are honest, you know that this moment's for you. You can feel God drawing you. If that's you and you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Secondly, maybe you can resonate with my story. Maybe you once knew God. Maybe you grew up in church or once had a relationship with Him. But if you are so honest with yourself right now, just like I was, you are far from Him. If that's you, friend, today is your day to come home. And in a moment, I want you to raise your hand too. And the third kind of person, maybe you're sitting here and you just don't have assurance of your eternity. One thing every human being has in, in common, yourself and myself, is none of us will live on this earth forever. We will all one day pass into eternity, and every human will either spend eternity with God or far from Him. And that is the good news of why Jesus came, is we can be assured of eternal life. But if you don't have that assurance, I love you too much to let you leave this place without saying this prayer with me. So right now, every eye's closed. 
I'm about to lead us in this prayer. But if you're one of those three groups of people, you want to say it for the first time, you want to come home to God or just be sure in your heart you're going to heaven, wherever you are right now, can you just simply raise your hand just so I can say that I see it uh, in this room. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's absolutely wonderful. Thank you. I see your hands over that back right corner. There's two wonderful people. Once you've placed your hands up, you can put that down. Thank you. Is there anyone else here today? I feel the presence of God. It's almost like you know this moment's for you. It's so hard to explain. And everything in you wants to run away. I know because I've been there. But can I tell you, today is your day to get right with God. And can I encourage you, be bold in this moment. I can feel there's more people. But if that's you, and you know this moment's for you, and you want to join these four others, can you just raise your hand where you are now? I'll just simply say I can see it, and then you can place it down again. But if that's you, can I encourage you, don't miss this moment. This moment changed my life forever. This moment can change yours as you begin a relationship with Jesus. Thank you. I see your hand. That's wonderful. God bless you. I still feel there's more people. Guys, this happens to me sometimes. God is so looking. for He's, he's trying to speak to people here today because He longs for your relationship with you. I just feel to give this a few more moments. I know this takes a bit of courage. I know this can be scary. I feel there's someone here, you actually grew up in church. You once walked with God and, and, and you're scared to come back because of what God will think of you or others will. Do you know the word I get for you is today is a fresh start. If that's you and you know God's speaking, just one last time, I'm looking across this room I feel the presence of God tugging on your heart. Can you just simply raise your hand? I'll just thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome, mate. God loves you so much. Oh, I got one more person on my heart. Sorry. I want to move on. There's just one more person. You know it's you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. This is such a beautiful moment. Right now, guys, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. There's been about seven people, I believe, who've raised their hand. But maybe you're sitting here and you, everything in you wanted to, but you just didn't have the courage. That's okay. I'm going to say these words. And what I ask is everyone who raised their hand, can you mean these words directly from your heart to God? Those who wanted to raise their hand, mean these words. God's going to hear them. And we're all going to repeat after me nice and loud. So let's say this after me nice and boldly. Say, Dear God, I thank you that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me and my sin. Today, I say sorry. I repent. I turn from my ways, and I follow you. I open my heart. I invite you in. I declare with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, forgives me, and saves me. Today, I give you my life, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Right now, I just want to pray for these wonderful people. Lord, I ask over everyone you're touching here in this moment, let them leave this church service without a shadow of a doubt of their salvation and the love that you have for them, the good news of Jesus Christ in their life. I ask, Lord, that you would be with them all the days of their life, that they would be disciples of Jesus. They would follow you all the days of their life and they would be planted in a great church. God, protect them, bless them, and be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all, church, give a massive hand to anyone who just responded? What, that's such a celebration. Heaven celebrating. And it makes me so excited to those people who raise their hand. Why? This isn't fake. It's real. And God changed my life and He's going to change yours too. I'm so proud of you making that decision. Well, everybody, I, I hope you found this message encouraging. You learned more about Jesus and it encouraged you in your journey with God. I'm going to hand right now to Pastor Josh. Thank you.